After the Snow, the podcast that's giving you everything about snowfall, the real, the fake, behind the scenes. You know, we're doing it with uh, the one and only Freeway Rick Ross, the man whose life story inspired snowfall, and uh, my partner in After the Snow. What's what up, going man? on, Rick? Man, What's up? What's up? Long weekend, man. Long weekend. A lot of travel. Yeah. Both yeah, of yeah. Us. We're, exactly. We're, so we're a, few, a couple of days behind, but just to let you know, the viewers and the listeners know, we'll be caught up this week now, so you can expect a new episode. Um, what will that be? Thursday on the audio and Friday on the video. So that's going to be the schedule. The new episodes uh, of Snowfall Air on Wednesday nights. And you're going to get our reaction to that episode the next day on all the podcast apps. And then the following day on the Friday on uh, on the Breakbeat Media YouTube. But uh, we're yeah. here. Yeah, we're here. We're here today. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm ready, man. You know, uh, yeah. uh, this is my first time ever doing something like this, you know, breaking down a TV series. You, you know, so for me, this is a new experience. And, and I hope the audience understand that I ain't no expert. A movie breaker downer, but uh, uh, after starting no. to watch the show, uh, I'm starting to like what I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm, I'm liking critiquing uh, uh, other people's work. You know, like like never yeah. before. And, and I imagine this is probably going to even help me once we start shooting the movie. You know, uh, yeah. So that I don't allow the people in there to do the things that uh, I don't think they should be doing. Or you know, right, it's going to be interesting. You know, and and it's getting more interesting. So. You know, I'm ready right. to go, man. Well, that make that makes me happy to hear that. You know, it, it's it's feeling good to you as we're going forward. Yeah, I, know, I got on, I got on, know. I got on one of my favorite shirts today. The River Cross uh-huh. is not a rapper. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Let him know. Let him yeah, know. So uh, let's go, man. I got on my yeah. lucky shirt. So hopefully, yeah. I should do real good today. Yeah. All right. Well, man. Um. So let's get right into it. Um. So episode three of Snowfall. Uh, came on this, uh, a few days ago. Uh, we all watched it, and um, you know a lot of lot of things developing. So just tell us your your top top uh, top off the head thoughts from watching that that new episode. Well, you know uh, uh, what what really uh, caught my attention, and 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 which is pretty much a fact about uh, uh, being a drug dealer, especially a black drug dealer, is. We, we start to fight over the power. You know, you might you might bring somebody in and and uh, then they don't want to be with you anymore. Once they start having some money, you know, they, they get too good for you. You know, you ain't good enough for them. So they want to break off on their own. And, and I'm seeing that happen right now with Franklin and uh, and the uncle and the auntie. You know, yeah. they, they want their own power. You know, they feel like that they're doing certain things that uh, that Franklin hasn't been doing. Uh, I think she said something like Franklin uh, uh, was talking about doing real estate. So go ahead and do real estate and let them keep the drug business going. Right. Uh, some to that extent. But yeah. that's a real that's real. You know, uh, when, when I look back at my life, all the people that I had uh, brought into the game and taught the game and, 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 and groomed them and everything, uh, a lot of them became my competition. Hmm. But what about what about loyalty? I mean, you know, is there any loyalty, you know, uh, in the business? Um, you know, did you have uh, some, you know, at least a few people that were loyal or, 
you know, and that's something I can talk about too. You know, I went through a lot, you know, over the years with the Source magazine. Um, you know, dealing well, with that is, kind of is stuff something too. It's hard. It's hard for people in general. I think not just not just in the drug game. I just think that that uh, uh, it may be just be an American thing. You know, where uh, uh, I want it all. You know, I, I want to be the man and, and 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 that's 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 natural every every man wants to be the king of, of of the kingdom you know uh but at the same time um we do need loyalty you know we do need somebody to say you know what uh, this guy helped me i'm gonna stay by his side i ain't going nowhere i'm not gonna leave him yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to come by and it's, it's a value that you know um you know, it's been it's been diminished a lot, I think, over the years. I mean, it used to be a staple, you know, within hip hop was, you know, that that uh, concept of, of loyalty and, um, you know, trust and, uh, you know, keeping it keeping it 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, and then thinking about that, you know, um, I, I was really surprised. The show kind of threw me, you know, when when they went to the uh, to the reader. And, and it's funny, you know. Uh, my mom was big into, into that stuff. You know, she used to go to readers and, 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 and she took me there and, and I kind of got into them a little bit too, you know, where, where people would uh, predict your future, what was going to happen to you. Uh, we, we used to go to a lady named Sister Humphrey. And, okay. and I'm going to be honest with you, man. Sometimes this, these people could, could, she could tell you, you know, she could almost lay it out to you, you know, what was going to happen. Uh, uh, my mom had two of them. Sister Pages was another one that that could you know put mm-hmm. their hands on you and, and and pretty much tell you uh, the things that was going to be taking place in your life. So uh, when I saw that, it, it just kind of like made me smile you a little bit. You know, uh-huh. like wow, uh, uh-huh. they got a reader in here. Uh, it wasn't dressed up like them. They they were dressed like normal normal women. Uh, uh, okay, they were Christians. You know, uh, diehard Christians. Uh, but what really threw me is when I thought they were going to kill, uh, uh, what's my man from the low bottoms you was talking about? Oh, uh, Scully, Scully. I thought they were going to kill Scully. So when Scully popped out of the room, you know, and, uh, uh, and killed his boy, that, that took me for a loop. But, but I, I thought about it and I said, you know what, if the guy was, uh, cunning enough to, to kill Scully, to have Scully killed, then he probably would eventually got them too. So they probably made the right move on, on, on that, on that, on that front. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that, that was probably the biggest surprise of the episode last night. Uh, you know, cause you're not, you know, maybe some people saw it coming. I, don't, I didn't see it coming. I thought they were going to take out Scully too. Um, yeah. Cause but, Scully yeah, was a lunatic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, you know, here in LA, we didn't have guys running around like Scully. You know, in our neighborhood, in, in the black community, we, we don't really have the structure that other races have as far as a mob bosses. You know, well, this guy is 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 this a deranging leader. You know, it don't really work like that with us. You know, now we, we have guys that uh, that you could say is a shot caller. But not to the point to where uh, they had it in, in there where Scully was like the old, old, old almighty say, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and you get killed. And then when I see him walking around with all the guns, you know, when we do dope deals, 
we don't we don't do dope deals with guns drawn out like that there. You know, that was that was a bit much. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely uh, some Hollywood uh, elements there. But yeah, we know with the Scully thing, you know, there's one point towards the end where uh, Auntie Louie is like, you know, we found warmth in the hospital and they're thinking back to, you know, the end of, of, of last season, um, which you may not have um, gotten up to that yet. But at the end of last season, Scully goes into the hospital. Uh, Auntie Louie's in the hospital bed and he he creeps up on her and gets in on her and is about to kill her, but she talks him down from killing her. And then Jerome walks in the room. They have a little standoff for a minute, but Scully had been shot in his leg and he was bleeding from his leg for the last hour, whatever that he'd been, you know, running. And uh, anyway, he ends up passing out. Um, and she, but she talks him down from uh, killing her. And basically, okay. oh, you know, this will never end. Scully, you know, then it's going to keep going, the violence and, you know, bop, 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 bop. And, and so that's that's what she's referring back to later in the show. And she's like, you know, we found warmth in the hospital, found a way to, you know, come together. Let's keep that that going. So um, it seems a little um, unrealistic with somebody as, you know, uh, as erratic as, as Scully is. I agree. I agree. That's you a, know. that's a total different spin for me. And then, and then, you, you know, and, and just feeding off of that in real life, you know, the shot callers don't, don't do the murders, you know what I'm saying? Like not with that kind of army, you know, he got guys all around him with guns and ready to do anything. He say, why would he be the one creeping into the hospital and, and, I guess that's another one of those uh, espionage things too, you know, where we're only so, so some of them are so slick that they can, you know, walk through walls and get through locked doors, and uh, almost the same thing with the meeting with Teddy and and you know when when Teddy was spying on uh on Franklin and uh and my other man, you know, the yeah, also, also, yeah, also, and and for some reason. Uh, Teddy picks, I mean, uh, Franklin picks up that Teddy's watching him, you know. And right. He, he changes the whole tone of the conversation and, and throws the whole thing off. Uh, that was that was bizarre to me as well, you know, to, to see that happen. I mean, it's like these guys are almost reading, uh, uh, reading the future, you know, like they 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 fortune tellers almost. And, and mm-hmm. then, I, I, you know, I couldn't understand why would Teddy be spying on Franklin? You know, what was the purpose? Did, did he ever give him any reason to be uh, uh, not expecting Franklin to be loyal and honest? I mean, as far as I could have saw in the movie so far, Franklin has has been really submissive to uh, to Teddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah that, that that remains to be seen. Yeah, I don't really have a good explanation of of why outside of you know they're building up obviously the tension between um, Teddy. And Franklin, and you know, heading towards some kind of showdown. But why? Why is he uh, spying on them? And then, like you said, how does Franklin figure that out? Is that just like some instinct? You know, like is that his 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 just street instincts kicking in? Where he like, oh wait a minute, like what? What do you think about that? And then I and then I haven't saw the rest of the show either. You know, because okay. he did mention in there about the location. You know, it was a different location, so mm-hmm. that could have you know it was a real remote location. So, so I, I don't know how uh, Teddy had normally, but I think that was Teddy's first drop for him uh, uh, since he had been back. Yes. So having yeah, a yeah. so having a different location wouldn't have been really surprising. 
You know, yeah. like when we did our drops, you know, we, we would do our drops in, in shopping centers, you know, because basically what we did is we, we didn't change exchange bags. We, we exchanged cars. You know, we would just pull up in the car and, and, and tell them the key was in the car. And, and they basically would just jump in the car and take the whole car. Um, and, and, you know, it was really bizarre to me that they got all this money and they carry these little bags of dope, you know, like. Man, you can't put no, no, <laughs> you can't put no whole bunch of kilos in them bags, nor a whole bunch of money either. Um, you, you know, when we used to do our exchanges, we would have duffel bags. You know, those big army duffel bags. Mm-hmm. We would we would be using those, and, and, and most of the time they would be full to the top, and sometimes it'd be two of them with money and uh, and with dope. So, you know, when when I see these guys got money stacked and look like Fort Knox in that thing. <laughs> and, uh, they carrying these little bitty duffel bags of, of cocaine. It's like, man, they, yeah. they they slipped. They missed yeah, this, this is, one. <laughs> where, it's where they needed you on on set, but it's you know on set to keep to keep these things in in, in check. But um, yeah, the Teddy and um, Franklin situation. I mean, it kind of was making me think about your situation with Danilo. Now, we talked about Danilo a good bit last week. Now, one of the big differences in, in your life and the TV show, of course, is that you didn't know Danilo was working as an operative for the CIA. Exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, ultimately, Danilo was the one that set you up and he was. Uh, you know, got you indicted and convicted. Correct. Um, and a so, life sentence. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I mean, you know, let's talk about that. We didn't get into that last week. But had I known um, he was a CIA operative, boy, I would have went hard, 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 you know. <laughs> because I, I was, uh, uh, you, you know, I was selling dope as if um, I'm just a normal guy, you know, just trying to, to, to beat the system because that's really what, uh, when you're a dope dealer, that's really what you're doing. You're trying to beat the system. So, uh, um, I, I dealt drugs as if I was just a normal everyday guy, uh, trying to uh, get over on the system. And, and, and that's the way I rode, uh, uh, with that. But had I known, you know, that these guys are bringing the drugs in on military planes and the money is safe and the drugs is safe, you know, I would have, I, I would have, I would have, I would have went harder. You know, I could have did more, you know, uh, I could have borrowed money. I could have invited other people in knowing that their money was secure. You know, like with me, I wouldn't take money from people uh, if I couldn't guarantee it, you know, because mm-hmm. that could cause problems. You know, you, you sure. get a million dollars, a couple million dollars from a guy and you can't pay him back, you know, because the, the shipment got busted. You know, that's that's a problem. Right. You know? and, and I didn't really want those problems. Uh, in my life, I felt that it was better to spend my own money. So what 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 do you think Franklin can possibly do in this situation, knowing he's dealing with the CIA? You know, he's been saying, oh, you know, basically he's just got to, you know, let these things go. But ultimately, he's got to be starting to think about where things are going. We're seeing that. But what do you think? You, you know, what could well, you do in that type of situation? Well, well, you know, he was pretty much saying that 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 you're owned by the CIA. You know, that yeah. the CIA owns you, you know, anybody. He said something like anybody the CIA, the CIA sent to you. That's who you work with. Anybody that come to you, that's who you work with. Whatever they say, that's what you do. 
and 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 with me, you know, uh, I, I remember my mom uh, when when she found my first first time I knew I had a hundred thousand dollars. My mom found it in my closet and, and had it on the couch when I come back in the house and had counted it out and everything. I was like, wow. And she wanted to know, could I get out of the game? You know, or was I owned by the game? And, uh, you know, I told her at that time that I could do whatever I wanted to do, that um, I was the game. You know, that didn't nobody own me, that uh, there was nobody no more powerful than me in the game. And, you know, uh, you know, I was strong. You know, my ego probably was 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 big at the time, but. You know, I was young, too. I was only 20, maybe 21 years old, you know, so uh, I'm feeling like King Kong. And, and and then, you know, I'm going I'm going up in a gang neighborhood. <clears throat> so even though I probably was not in a gang, I still probably had a gang mentality in some sense, knowing that uh, I could go and get guys that would ride with me. You know, if it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, uh, and they gave me a sense of confidence that that uh nobody would be coming in our neighborhood uh punking us out per se yeah that makes sense (laughs) i i did want to ask you how you managed to do that all those years i mean being basically you know independent of any of the gangs and having relationships i mean were you doing business across the board with different you know, folks that were tied to the different gangs. Oh, absolutely. That would help. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I could tell you how I first found out that, that the gangbangers would work. Uh, <clears throat> uh, there was a guy in L.A. named Hancho. And Hancho was uh, from Grape Street Crip. And um, big dude, maybe 22 inch arms, you know, a dude you don't want to fight. Let me tell you that mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to fight Hancho. Right. Um, I had seen him at the street races, snatch dudes out their cars, and you know, riding with 30, 40 dudes, and and you know, just he, he was a mobster, really. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a party, my little car club. We had a party, and. Uh, we had just started selling cocaine too. We we were just selling cocaine, and and I had a little guy in my club named Young Tommy, who was about fifteen at the time. Uh, he had been selling drugs with me and had just fixed his, his lowrider up, and so uh, Hancho pulled up to 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 a top party with his lowrider, and he pulled he saw Tommy's car, and you know Tommy's car got one of these three or four thousand dollar paint job you know and nobody in la really spending this kind of money on on cars at this time we the first ones that's doing it because we're the mm-hmm. first ones selling cocaine so uh honcho pulled up in front of him and and asked him do he want to hop his car and he don't know tommy got brand new hookup car c framed i mean everything you could do to the mm-hmm. car he done did it he only 15 years old so you know when he makes his money all his money is going into his car so anyway mm-hmm. he out jumps honcho and so now honcho want to beat him up and so I walk up and I got a pistol in my pocket and I was like, nah, Hancho, you ain't whooping nobody out here today. And, uh-huh. you know, I put my hand on the pistol and he saw the pistol. And he, oh, you're going to put a pistol on me? And uh, he takes off. So I don't see him again for about eight, nine months. And at this time, I'm doing real good right now. You know, I'm, I'm over $100,000 now in cash. 
and I'm at the street races. I'm going to pick up a little chick from the street race. I mean, not from the street race, from the skating ring. And, and all this is in my book, too. I talk about it in my book. He got mad at me, too, when I mentioned his name in my book. He forgot when we, we were in prison, I saw him. We was in transit, and I saw him in transit, and I asked him, could I do it? Uh, but he he forgot he gave me permission. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, so, sure so, you reminded uh, him. I saw him at the street races, and he got about four guys with him, and uh, <clears throat> I was scared to death because I didn't have a pistol. I'm inside the street, uh, inside the skating ring, and in the skate ring, they got metal detectors. And uh, they walked up to me, and uh, I said, I'm going to get my ass beat tonight. And uh, he started smiling at me. He said, yeah, I heard you're doing real good for yourself. And I took a breath. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew he yeah. wasn't going to beat me up. So I said, yeah, yeah, I am. I said, won't you come by my house tomorrow? And he yeah. came by, and I threw, him, I threw him eight ounces of cocaine. And uh, he came up off of that. And when I nice. saw that, I started thinking, well, you know, Tyree from the Nickersons, you know, uh, Dean from the Peblos, the Low Bottoms, hmm. what they call it. And and mm-hmm. I just started thinking about all the guys that I knew that had a high level of, uh, <clears throat> what is it, authority or recognition? And uh, I just started going, doing all of them the same thing, giving them four or five ounces. And at this time, you know, ounces worth, uh, I was selling ounces at like 2,400. So, you know, they could take that and double it up or triple it up. So, so I was blessing them. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, kind of how I got my, I mean, I was always cool, you know, with them anyway, because, you know, I ain't never shot nobody's homeboy, you know, I ain't been fighting with their homeboys. So uh, I was, I was okay. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, um, cause you know, sometimes I would be in one of the blood neighborhoods and, and, you know, I would hear the little homies going, that's that Ricket. You know, that's what they stand for Crip. Uh, uh, that's that that's that Ricky, but it didn't it didn't bother me because I really didn't gangbang. You know, if you say something back, you know, the fight could break out or whatever, you know, uh 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 would take place. But you know, I always had enough sense to say, you know, uh, I ain't gonna let that bother me and stop our money. You know, we're gonna get this money. So okay, so let's let's take it back to Scully. Um Scully, you know, is the character in the show who is, you know, this, he's dressed okay. like a blood. I would say he was a blood. And he's in the okay. low bottoms too, so that definitely would be the bloods. Okay, what's the low bottoms? The low bottoms is some projects. Uh, uh, they call the Peblos. Um, th- that was the name that the the, the city when they built it, or the, whoever built it, named it uh, the Peblos. Uh, it, it later became a whole little area called the low bottoms, and, and this is like uh, south of, of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, kind of east of where 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 I was from, uh, a bunch of projects, you know, mm-hmm. and, and could be dangerous, you know. The did, low bottoms can be dangerous. Did did they look anything like the way they show in the project uh, with Scully no. here? No, totally no. different, totally different than that. Um, that was that looked more like an apartment complex. The projects was 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 much much bigger than that, uh, and it didn't have a fence around it. Uh, you know, you could just run in and out. Matter of fact, the projects were great places to sell dope. You know, because mm-hmm. it was so many ways that you could uh, that you could get away from the cops, um, and, and a lot of times they sold right inside of the parking lots. You know, where the uh, <clears throat> where people park their cars. 
And then, you know, they would have lookouts and, and the whole nine yards. So and no guns, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, not, not no guns, but not guns like they had, you know, and probably be two or three people out with pistols because, you know, a lot of times those projects were fighting with other neighborhoods as well, you know, gang stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Scully's behavior, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's wild in this show. Uh, we Past see him. Wow. Past wild. Yeah. More like lunatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we that was see him Now, is that is there any, you know, anything realistic about that? I mean, were the guys that crazy chopping somebody's ear off and having the people, you know, like strung up outside, you know, uh, uh, you know, naked, <laughs> naked hanging there with a naked yeah. <laughs> outside naked in L.A. Right with helicopters, yeah. you know. You know, we got we got L.A. has about about eight or nine helicopters that, that constantly uh, uh, patrol our, our community. You know, each area has its own helicopter that, that patrols that area. And, and those helicopters have a pretty good view. So, you know, you know where you're going to have somebody sitting outside naked. Nah, make believe. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's a little He's a little too much, but we see, you know, they're keeping him going. I think also, you know, going back to him and Jerome and Auntie Louie, you know, connecting through, uh, you know, flipping that, you know, that situation on on, on the mellow guy. Um, you know, I think Jerome and Louie may be thinking about Franklin, you know, like, hey, we get we, you know, maybe they feel like they're safer or, or more in a stronger position aligned with Scully, you know, against Franklin going forward because, you know, they're still having this dispute, you know, over the pricing. And, you know, he Franklin's now like, I want y'all to come back in. We got to do this, you know, because Reed, Reed, you know, when he met with uh, Reed, we didn't talk about that either. And there's a couple of things in that. But, you know, one of them was the pricing uh, thing. And Reed was like, look, man, you know, you became a middleman in your own organization and, you know, now you want me to give you a break and, and, you know, we can't do that right now. So. Well, well, really, you know, what, 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 what I would be looking at is who, who, who has the strongest position, you know, whenever, whenever I do deals like that, I was always trying to see who, who are in the stronger position Did they need the money better than I need the cocaine or did I need the cocaine better than they need the money? You know, and once you figure that out, who's in the strongest position, that's who really has to say so. Um, it's almost like Franklin gave Reed the power, you know, without even uh, uh, analyzing uh, Reed's need for money. You know, why was Reed back? You know, uh, was was the movement uh, that they were doing, was was it hurting? And, <clears throat> and that that has always been one of my strong points. That, that, that I do with people when I do business is I try to figure out what are their needs? You know, why are they trying to do this deal? You know, and, and I might've did, you know, with me, I might've, if I'd have been Franklin, I probably would have said something like, okay, Reed, we're going to do a hundred keys at 10. I'm going to do that for you. But after that, we're going to go back to the nine, you know, some kind of way, you know, when, when, when you negotiate, but what I noticed is Franklin didn't even negotiate with him. I, I, I kind of believe that Franklin's a little intimidated by Reed, you know, knowing that 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 Reed uh, could have possibly killed his his dad. You know, I know Reed keep denying it to, to everybody. Uh, but the guy, you know, the head guy who, who met with Reed, 
uh, asked him, you know, um, would he be able to work with the, uh, what did he call Franklin? The, uh, oh, God, what did he call him? The, oh, I don't know. You know, at knowing what he did to his dad, could you still work with him? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Do you think Franklin would still work with you? Because he was questioning it as if he was saying, if somebody had did that to my dad, I right. wouldn't fuck with him. Right. And, and and that question, you know, that brings me to question, you know, why was Franklin uh, 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 still working with him, and and was Franklin intimidated by him? Right, right. But then. You know, on the other hand, Franklin also has been saying, like, you know, Alton, his dad, brought it on himself. You know, he's used that justification a couple times well, in, well, in these conversations. Well, people do that when, when, when they can't make a move. You know, they, they'll put it on the victim uh, so that they don't have to take action, you know, so that he don't have to uh, 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 make uh, make amends, you know, so, so he don't have to go and take care of Reed, you know. He would say that it was his dad's fault. Uh, uh, you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. If, if I'm afraid to to move, then I'll blame it on this so that I don't have to make that move. You know, so that I don't have to kill Reed. But right. but he's already suspecting Reed. You know, for something. The reason that uh, he changed at the at the scene. Remember, he changed the topic of the conversation. Yeah. And then after the next day, he goes back to the location. And, and investigates and find out that Reed was there a uh, spying on him. Remember, he's looking out of the same window that Reed was looking out of. Uh, um, and, and you know, I, I didn't get the whole scope of what he had figured out from that, but, but that lets me, leads me to believe that Franklin doesn't really trust Reed. Right. Some right. kind of way. You know, I, I don't right. know what part he don't trust. Uh, do we think Reed is going to try to kill him? Because you remember Reed kidnapped him early on, him him and his guy, and, yeah. and had him in a position to where he could have did whatever he wanted to do with him. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's that's the big question, really, in my mind, is like, where could this go? Like, what what way could Franklin flip things to, you know, avoid inevitable, you know, being set up or you know, having having uh, Reed or uh, Teddy, you know, turn on him. Um, so I'm wondering, are, are they going to get Franklin out of this with, without ever going to jail? You know, um, that's going to be amazing. You know, uh, because right. you know we haven't saw any any real DEA action. You know, in 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 this thing, uh, no no DEA investigations. That's it's true. Like they they having a free run of, of the whole world. You know, you get to do real estate. You can take your money and put it in the bank, and you can buy real estate with it. And you know, you know, in the real world, it just doesn't work like that. You know, when you start buying big real estate deals, you have to figure out ways to line the money. Uh, um, it's it just well, you they, know, I mean, I mean, the TV show is just, you know, but as real life, you know, uh, uh, like I said earlier. Here you are with 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 rooms of, of money, you know, just stacks and stacks of money, but then you're only buying a duffel bag of of of, of cocaine, you know, and you only have a duffel bag of money, and and you know when when I went and bought dope, you know, I I, I took literally my, almost all my money every time I went and bought. Yeah, you know, if they would have caught me a couple times, you know, uh, if they'd have caught me, I I, I would have been I wouldn't have had money to to to, to, to buy commissary. <laughs> right. You know, right. Because I understood the power of my money. You know, my money 
got me the price. Uh, my money uh, allowed me to 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 win uh, my territory. You know, I use my money to win my territory. My price won my territory. I didn't use uh, uh, vicious force or, or intimidation to do that. Um, so this episode, the, the end of it is basically, you know, setting up where things are going between Franklin and Jerome and, and his aunt Louie, right? Cause they're having this meeting at the end and Franklin's like, you know, there's nothing that I'm not prepared to do to keep this thing, you know, together and going and you guys got to come back in and they're still, you know, holding out, trying to get the price and wanting to be independent. Um, what do we think so is going to that? They could have took that as if he, he's willing to kill them because they already saw him kill his best friend. You know, how, how much different is it from the best friend and an uncle? Yeah. And, and, and an auntie who's really not his auntie, but, you know, his 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 uncle's wife. You know, you, you're talking about those things could be intimidating to somebody. You know, that could be to me, that would be a threat almost, you know, uh, uh, knowing Franklin's background. Like you killed a dude who, who you loved. Um, how much do you really love me? You know, how much more valuable is my life to, 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 to you, um, accomplishing your goals? Right. So where, where do you think, where do you think it's going? What do you think is going to happen with Franklin? I could see them, I could see them going to war. I could see Franklin and, and, and the uncle and auntie going to war. Uh, I think the auntie and the uncle probably, in, in my personal opinion, from what I saw so far, would be in a, in, a, in a more powerful position now that they got Scully and and, and his crew, you know, on their team. Because uh, uh, I, I think the auntie and the uncle are more on the street than 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 what Franklin is. You know, Franklin now is is running around with his new girlfriend, and, and they're doing real estate deals, and he's not really hitting the street anymore. And and whoever's hitting the street is gonna have the power with the street. Yeah, there was a scene with Veronique, his new lady, and, you know, they were talking about two more days till the paperwork is in on this $10 million investment property deal. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with that, that kind of uh, that kind of business that that uh, Franklin's getting into. Yeah, and, and that pulls him more and more away from the street. Well, it should be. I don't know if it is or not, uh, but it should be pulling him more from the street. But we already know that the more he leaves the street, uh, the less Teddy's going to like it. So really what, what what may be getting set up, you know, I, now I won't be surprised if we don't run uh, uh, Teddy into the uncle and auntie here somewhere, you know, where they, they have a meet, meet up and, 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 and they connect, you know, and, and try to push Franklin all the way out of the business. Right. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Because when yeah. you look at it, Franklin really only has what? Two two real uh, uh, associates, you know that 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 he's associating himself with, and I mean the uncle and the auntie, but they're not they're not even working with him anymore. Right, right. So so you're talking about he only really has two people that 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 he's really associating with now in 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 in, in the series. So you know he has to build up a team. You know he don't really have a team right now. That's right. In my opinion, I mean from what I see. Maybe well, maybe I, I missed something, but uh, uh, the uncle and auntie they've just built up. Uh, they just pulled in another another real team member because they saved his life. Scully, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, man. So we're with three three episodes in to the new season. It's gonna be ten. So we're just really heating up, and uh, you know, this is this is going good. I think you know we're starting to really hit a stride here with our our uh, podcast, and you know, looking forward to uh, being being uh, back. You know, like I said, on a on a timely basis for folks that really want to you know stay up. I'm gonna catch up, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I boycotted this 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 series. You know, the whole time that it' been out, and it wasn't easy for me to start watching this stuff, man. And you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm getting into it, but it's still not something that I I just like flow with. You know, like I'm enjoying it, uh, um, but but it, it's coming. You know, it's coming. Now, what? T- tell everyone about this boxing thing you got coming up we, we were talking about and your, oh, whole, yeah, movement, and your whole move into boxing because i don't think you know we shared much about that with with everyone well, well you know when 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 i was on the streets uh i started going to boxing matches and i went to the, the, the sugar ray leonard and marvin Hagler fight in, in in vegas at caesar's palace that's when Ooh. caesar's palace was the place and uh don king came up and he uh he shook everybody's hand at this table we were having breakfast it was probably about 15 or 20 of us you know we we balling. We got the biggest table in the casino. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And uh, we were having breakfast with our girls. And uh, Don King came over to the table and he shook everybody's hand. Well, when I was sitting in prison, uh, I thought back to what if I would have told Don King that day that I had $3 million to invest with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to get in business with him. Well, where would I have been? Would I have been in prison? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I didn't think so. So uh, mm. one of the things that I try to do is whenever I make a mistake, I try to correct it. So when I got out, I went to Don King and I told him I wanted to work for him. Um, and he didn't have to pay me. I didn't want any pay. I just wanted to to help him. OK. Uh, it didn't happen. He didn't give me he didn't give me the opportunity. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, OK. And uh, also uh, when I got home, you know, Floyd Mayweather picked me up in the halfway house the day that I got out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all that combined, you know, I added it all up, and so now I, I want to be the king of boxing. So uh, one of my one of my really really good fighters will be fighting in Philadelphia on the twenty fifth of this month, uh, Bashan Champ, and uh, I'm gonna be there supporting him, and, and we're gonna market and, and just you know just have a ball, man. We're gonna turn up. We we're gonna try to bring it like the old old boxing days when Mike Tyson used to fight and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, it was it was an event. So we're gonna yeah. try to make an event out of it here in uh, in Philadelphia on the twenty fifth. Okay, what's what's his weight class? Uh, one forty seven. Okay, and what's his what's his record? Uh, he's two and zero right now. Okay, um, he'll be three and zero at the at the uh, the twenty fifth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got, I got it... like six, maybe seven fighters signed right now. Uh, matter of fact, when I went to Vegas yesterday, I met up with uh with two more boxers that uh. Possibly, possibly might sign with me. Uh, eventually, I want to get my own TV deal where I can start doing my own shows and, and and just you know just dominate this boxing man like like I do with so many other things. Yeah, yeah. So where where's the Philadelphia um, fight taking place? You know what? Um, I think it's the twenty three hundred arena. I'm I'm not okay. I'm not positively sure of that. Uh, okay. The flyer be posted on my on my social media though. It'll be all over my social media. Okay. And, uh, Everybody can go to uh, uh, 
Bashan Champs page on social media and, and, and it'll be on his page. And uh I hope everybody following. Yeah, do you know what you know his um Instagram? Of uh, Bashan Champ. How, how you how you spell champion, it? Champion. Uh you know my spelling ain't one of my highlights, man. All right, Bashan Champ. I get champion, everything. Bro. I get everything posted though. Uh everybody, you know, yeah. uh, check me out we, on Instagram, yeah, we, we, Facebook. We'll put it up you know, there. I have the flyers uh, posted up there. On, so uh yeah so we'll, we'll definitely post about it awesome awesome all right cool well rick man um we're gonna we have a short week we'll be back um in a few days to talk about episode four um i can't wait you know i'm getting into this and it's you know season is picking up and uh you know I, i'm really enjoying uh having these conversations with you and uh Absolutely. I think me gonna, too you know and it's gonna yeah, be interesting great. to see where these writers go you know how they yeah. take the story because um it's important to see how somebody else thinks, you know, how they, how they maneuvering and, and good writers, you know, want to keep you in, in suspense, you know, uh, what they supposed to. So hopefully they continue to do that with, uh, with the watchers and, and we'll keep uh, trying to find where they went right at and where they went wrong and, and let them know that you should have did it like this. You did it wrong. You didn't get it right that time. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm enjoying doing that. Well, this is uh, this is the After the Snow podcast, exclusively from Breakbeat Media, and you know the only show for uh, fans and uh, viewers of Snowfall that want to know, you know, the real deal, the real story, and get into a lot of things uh, surrounding Snowfall. So keep in tune, subscribe on uh, Apple or Spotify to the podcast. We got a lot more uh, coming. Go to uh, uh, Breakbeat Media on YouTube. And you can watch us uh, and check out the other shows on on Breakbeat Media. Got a bunch of other great uh, stuff going on. Shout out to uh, the rest of the Breakbeat uh, team. Uh, Don't Call Me White Girl, uh, Chappin Anonymous, Coach Arati, um, Funny Marco's on the way real soon. A couple more big announcements coming. Um, we got this uh, Larry Hoover uh, podcast series coming. That's going to be amazing. We've been working on that now, uh, you know, since last year. Um, the unsigned hype story is coming. Eight part series. Uh, tell the whole backstory of everyone that was discovered through unsigned hype in the Source magazine. And uh, man, we got a lot. So I'm excited. Uh, Stay, on move, from, uh, Stay on the move, yeah, man. Stay on the move, man. That's why I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Keep Chicago. Uh yeah, Rick, I gotta get out to LA soon. So we're gonna, you know, hopefully we'll do some shows together out out in LA uh before this season uh ends. No doubt. Well if you get time, come up to the fight in Philly, man. Come hang out. We're yeah, gonna we're yeah. gonna turn up. Yeah. You yeah, know? I may I may just do that. I might That'll just do that. That'll be big, man. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. You do. I got your tickets. See y'all in a few days. I got your tickets. If you come, I got your tickets. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That give me me a reason. That give me a reason to go back to to D.C., go see my family, and then, you know, get right on up there to Philly. Little, you know, hour and a half, couple hour drive. We'll be there. 145. That's what it is. 145. Okay. One hour and 45 minutes. I did it the other day. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. I'm out. Peace.